Hello and welcome to the Tandem Collective Talks podcast. Tandem Collective celebrates books, film, TV, podcasts and more with our global community. We're Jen, Jade, Lucy and Lex, members and friends of Team Tandem. You might already know us from Instagram or TikTok, but if not, it's great to meet you and welcome. We're here to chat to you about what's new in the world of books, publishing and film, interview some of your favourite authors and hear your thoughts on what you're reading and watching at the moment. You can find us at Tandem Collective UK on Instagram and also Tandem Collective Global. Today's episode of the Tandem Collective Talks podcast, I'm joined by Emma Milne-White, who runs the Hungerford Bookshop and was also previously a Costa judge. So Emma, huge thanks to you for joining us this morning. Good morning. Hello. Um, So as a bookseller, um, did you ever notice an impact on sales that seemed to correlate with, you know, the, the timing of announcements about the, the Costa Book Awards or, or any main literary awards? Yeah, I do think it, it depends on, on the award, um, but Costa is definitely up there for the award that gets people talking about books. Um, mm. And we get sent a confidential email about the shortlisted uh, authors and we always try and have the stock ready because we know people are some people in particular are going to come in and want to buy those books mm, yeah um and I suppose is it is it hard to kind of do you have to do a lot of planning in advance for that or you know kind of I suppose you have to be quite reactive to change stock or, or make orders and things quite quickly yeah, but that's not a problem. I think that's what independent bookshops are really good. We're pretty nimble and able mm-hmm. to respond quickly. So we can get stocking quickly. And, you know, I'm slightly obsessive about creating themed displays. So, you know, no problem. Shelf goes up front of shop and stickers highlighting this is the shortlist for whatever award. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we, we can do that. We can do that. And it's enjoyable. Do you think it can ever be problematic, um, the the kind of the rush or the demand from lots of people at the same time when there are things like shortlists and awards announcements? I don't think it can ever be problematic. For me, anything that gets a conversation around books is good. And I quite like the fact that that will I'll be in the shop with a customer. A customer says, I mean, I've never heard of that. I'm like, well, isn't that a good thing? Mm. Or what is that thriller on the Booker shortlist? It's the Booker for goodness sake. And mm-hmm. and, and you know, I, I don't think it matters. The more we can talk about books and the more there's an awareness, then it can only be good for sales. So yeah, yeah I I, th- I think no, I, I'm I'm I like it. Good, that's good. And uh, finally, does the announcement of the awards shortlists um, and the nominees and things that influence your own reading habits? You know, it's really interesting you ask me that after saying I'm really pro it and I do all the, these act, active things to promote it. There's a tiny bit of me, but that's to do with who I am, that doesn't like to follow the general wave of public opinion. I do like to choose my own books and but what's interesting is that I think a literary prize adds an element of safety of choice so for instance so I will find that often I'm a member of a couple of book groups people can find that quite nervous 
choosing a book, but because it's won an award, they'll feel safer and choose. Well, this many people liked it, so it must uh, be quite a read. So then I'll end up reading the book that did win the book or something, and then inevitably I'll go, oh yeah, it's really really good. So yeah, yeah, no, I think that's a very fair point. I, I have never um, read. Some of the, like, I recently read um, Piranesi, which obviously won the, the Women's Prize for Fiction this year. Yes. Um, loved it. Um, but I, I do think that that's very true, that almost like that um, that safety in numbers approach. Yeah. Um, but because this is exactly what Georgie from Team Tandem and I um, discuss in this episode, that who who gets to decide what makes a, a book good because it's so subjective you know some somebody could read something and, and one person loves it and another person hates it so um that's, yeah, that's the, the conversation we had well that's the beautiful thing about books but often in book clubs you know that goodreads but this got five stars on goodreads and we'll we'll sometimes we'll all hate the book yeah um so it is interesting i mean i'm quite interested in as from an independent bookshop point of view there's books in my bag readers awards so that is voted for um by readers so that i think rather than the panel of judges mm. that's voted, the judges sorry they are judges but they're from bookshops and readers can submit their choice through bookshops so i think that's an interesting literary prize that's on the up really yeah and something that's very um very community driven as well which exactly. Is, you know, exactly. yeah we're we're all about it tandem so brilliant well emma thank you so much for joining us for the episode i hope that it's not too hectic in the bookshop in these final few weeks before christmas and that you have a lovely break thank you thanks emma bye as we near the end of the year, which is pretty unbelievable, and I've no idea how 2021 is almost over, it's nominations time for various awards across the publishing industry. Today, we're going to be talking about the Costa Book Awards, as their shortlist of 2021 titles was recently announced. Launched in 1971, the Costa Book Awards is one of the UK's most prestigious and popular book prizes and celebrates the most enjoyable books of the year by writers based in the UK and Ireland. And for today's discussion, I'm delighted to welcome Tandem's very own Georgie Buse, who joins me now. Hello, Georgie. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. No, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. So Georgie is one of our brilliant campaign managers and has been part of Team Tandem for well over a year now, isn't it? Yeah crazy <laughs> yeah um the reason we felt you would be an ideal guest to invite onto this particular episode Georgie is because you actually set yourself a bit of an objective each year to read through all the books in the shortlist is that right yeah so um yeah it's not just this uh shortlist as well it's the women's prize for fiction as well so yeah it's a, yeah tricky sometimes but yeah I, I could have like that myself <laughs> yeah, well, you must never have an empty TBR list. If, if... I mean, I never have an empty TBR list anyway. No, <laughs> it no. adds to it. <laughs> so, when did you actually start like start to do it as a bit of a like self reading objective? Yeah, I mean, I suppose I should kind of give a bit of context and just say that I I'm really interested in kind of literary prizes as a concept. Um, like I I wrote about literary prize culture in my master's dissertation. What is it that makes a book good? Uh, how do we decide a book is good? What does good even really mean when it comes to literature? I'm really interested in kind of taste and how how literary prizes affect taste as well in terms of books. So 
I think I've always been interested in seeing which books are shortlisted for any prize. And I think the ones that I particularly look out for are The Booker, which is kind of considered, I think that's kind of the creme de la creme of Mm. prizes in the UK, for sure. The Women's Prize, which used to be the Orange Prize, um, which is always fantastic. I love the books on the Women's Prize. The Dalek Prize is also great, which is an award specifically for writers of colour. And then the Costas, which I'm relatively new to, but every year, as you said, they're kind of, it's, the favorite books really so it's not so I feel like it's it's not as highbrow as the book is so it's kind of more accessible yeah but I I what yeah so what I love is that they're also different so kind of the book I might not necessarily like all the all the books on the booker um but I'll kind of read the ones that sound good because the booker is a bit more experimental and sometimes mm. in form and a bit more heavy going yeah <laughs> um, Whereas like the Women's Prize and the Costas, I kind of, I, I will try and read the whole list because I know that I'll find some gems and I kind of generally like them as a rule. But in terms of when it started, I've only been doing it for a couple of years. My mum always used to be that person who bought all the books that were like shortlisted, even if she didn't Aww. read them. <laughs> um, so I've always been like, it's been ingrained in me, I guess, to kind of aim to read them if not you know actually read them but yeah it was quite recently so last year I decided to read all of the women's prize shortlist or maybe it was even this year actually so you know they were all brilliant like Transcendent Kingdom by Yaji Asi and Piranesi by Susanna mm. Clark which is incredible mm. yeah um, and that one and I found that really kind of a really like fulfilling experience not to be too you know but I, I got more a lot more invested in the actual prize and it was nice to have more of an informed opinion on on the list rather than kind of just picking the book, you know, when people ask me which book I think should win. I think it was nice to be able to actually consider it and having read all of the books rather than just kind of saying the book that I'd read, which I liked. And I think it prompts me to think more critically about the books too, which I don't necessarily do, you know, day to day when I'm reading. Yeah. And I think that the prizes also give a really interesting insight. I think the cost is as well. They give a great insight into kind of what people are liking at the moment, what's going on in the literary world, mm-hmm. kind of what themes people are writing about. And the cost is this year, there's definitely a theme, a strong theme of like climate change, for example. And yeah, I love it. It's kind of a recap of the best books, although obviously you can't you can't shortlist all the books and there are brilliant books which haven't been shortlisted. Yeah. But yeah, I think I'm it makes me pick up books that I wouldn't have ordinarily picked up, mm. um, which is quite nice. And there's actually an amazing statistic. The rise in sales when a, a book is shortlisted, uh, particularly for the booker, is crazy. Like it's known as the book bounce, like shortlisted books and winning books like see a dramatic increase, like Shuggy Bane. Yes. Saw, yeah, which won in 2020. It Like the sales of the week after the announcement that it won were like 1,900% bigger than the week before the announcement. It's just crazy. I mean, it has such a big impact on what people read. Um, yeah. So I think that's really cool. And you raised a really interesting point. It's so subjective, isn't it? Kind of what makes a, a book good. And, you know, everybody's tastes are, are so varied. And, you know, there's certain genres that are just an absolute no-go for some readers, but then other people absolutely devour them. When it comes to the actual, the shortlist is announced. Are there any particular rituals or selections that you go through when you're looking at the list of nominees? Like, do you read up about any of the authors that you're not already familiar with or anything like that? So I think obviously the first thing I do is look, look out for the ones that I have already read or that I've heard of or own. Often if the book is shortlisted and I already own it, it's a really good motivator for me to kind of yeah. finally pick it up because I have loads of books just sitting on my shelf waiting mm. to be read. So it's a really nice motivator and then it sort of validates 
like me buying it being like oh it is a good book it's been shortlisted let me read it (laughs) Um, I don't really tend to read up about the author so much for me it really is more about like the book and the plot and whether it appeals to me although of course I think it does help if I am already aware of the author I think it's just that sort of name recognition but yeah I I, I do love though the I will say that the curation for the from the prizes so the women's prize and costas the websites are great are really informative about them so I always check the pages from the website just to have a bit of an overview about kind of all the books shortlisted and it's really great actually reading the judges reasoning behind why they chose books I really like that I think it gives a bit more perspective as well then again and then I, I do want to add here actually that if there are books on the shortlist that I just can kind of see that they're definitely not for me I won't I probably won't like them the subject matter isn't something I gel with or I don't know maybe the form's not I'm I won't force myself to read them I'm a big believer in life's too short to read books that like you won't get on with someone else will get on with them and that's fine yeah I feel like even if I'm setting this goal to read all the shortlists I really I don't want to you know prowl through something that I'm not enjoying no completely agree I do try and go in with an open mind though because otherwise you might be shutting off books that could be future favorites yeah exactly and I love that like you say that it encourages you to read books that you haven't read already or that you know you perhaps heard of that that yeah kind of always like opening up yourself to other like reading possibilities and I love it when I almost think oh I'm I'm not sure about this or you know maybe the stubborn part in me if there is loads of hype I'm like oh am I just going to buy into the hype but then you know you're you're often surprised you know kind of by like your reaction to it so yeah that's that's really interesting obviously with the costas there are five different categories so first novel novel biography poetry and children's book is there a particular standout category for you this year for me I feel like I'm cheating a bit here but I when I say I'm going to read the list what I mean is I'm going to read the first novel and novel list <laughs> for, for this category. I think it's important to preface that I'm more of a fiction reader. I do actually, I really do love nonfiction and I, I kind of want to make it a goal next year to read more nonfiction because I don't think I make enough time for it. But they're definitely my favourites and they're the ones that I'm drawn to. And I think that's what I find most interesting about literary prizes is the fiction. And like, for example, poetry, I would absolutely love to be able to read and competently analyze the poetry selection but I just don't feel like capable (laughs) of doing that because I don't read much poetry so I felt it would be unfair for the authors if I was there like this is bad when actually I have no idea what I'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) but having said that I did have a flick through actually recently went to Waterstones and I had a flick through of the poetry shortlist I I was in the section I was like ah this is now's my chance I'm not going to buy them but I'm going to have a look and they all do look brilliant (laughs) Um, I did I like some poetry I just yeah I would I don't read enough poetry to be able to judge it. This is a very long-winded way of saying I think that the first novel category in particular really excites me. And I love that Costas have this category because it's really hard. Like debut, being a debut author is hard, especially in for the last two years. It's been really difficult to uh, publish your first book. So I just love that Costa are kind of supporting debut authors. And also yeah. I love discovering new authors and the, some of these books were just brilliant. So yeah I think the first novel category definitely and which other titles from the first novel and novel categories have you read and are there any that you particularly love that you can share with us 
Yeah, so um, I have it has been quite busy <laughs> recently, so I am a bit behind, but I've read some really, really great books from the list. So Unsettled Ground by Claire Fuller, which is on the novel shortlist. I read that actually last year, late last year or early this year, and it's brilliant. It follows kind of an adult brother and sister who live in a rural community um, in England, and they're kind of a bit a bit out of the ordinary, a bit cut off from civilization. You know, the 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 sister never learned to read. They're very they're very much on the outskirts of society. And then don't think it's a spoiler by saying at the beginning of the book their mother dies, and then they're left kind of to fend for themselves. They're both in their fifties, but they're so sort of ill-equipped to deal with society. It's about grief and loneliness and being kind of different. And I know that it was one of Naomi's favorite books of the year. So like that for me, that's a that's high praise. Good endorsement. Um, she reads yeah. a lot of books. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that one's definitely worth reading. I would definitely pick that up. I think it's coming out in paperback very soon. Or, or by the time you're listening to this, actually, I think it's out. So yeah, definitely pick that one up. I also recently read The High House by Jesse Greengrass, which I think it's on the debut books, uh, debut novels list. Mm-hmm. And this is one that I wouldn't have picked up without the Costa, but I absolutely loved it. And it's this is one that focuses on climate change. It's quite an unsettling read, but really, really compelling, really brilliant. It's a cautionary tale about climate change. It follows a family who uh, the mother or the stepmother is a scientist and she's very fixated on the climate crisis. And so it's kind of spending her time building an ark or like a self-sufficient kind of house bunker style thing for when the inevitable climate emergency happens. And it's mostly told from the perspective of the kids, but it's really like prescient and quite like chilling because it sort of deals with how the how you kind of cope with such monumental change on like an everyday basis. So not much happens in the book, even though this massive thing is happening in the background. It's about the family. And oh my God, it, it's very, very good. I highly recommend that. <laughs> that. That does sound a really good book. Yeah, whenever you have recommended something as well, I have always found it that I've really enjoyed it. So yeah, you're you're very trustworthy, Georgie. <laughs> oh, thank you. And then I guess, so, but then the one I've been most impressed with so far um, is Open Water by Kayla Bazuma Nelson. Oh my God, it's amazing. It's a really, really short book. So that's on the debut novel list as well. It's a very short book. It's about 100 pages. You can read it in a sitting, at least I did. But it's just the most beautifully written novel. It's so lyrical. It's really about being kind of, it's about these two young black artists in London. And it's about, you know, being in love, being black, and how those two things intertwine, uh, specifically as a young person in London. It's really moving and uh, it's just so good. I read, yeah, I read it in a sitting and it's it's great. So I would highly recommend that one too. Okay, I'll have to add that one to my list. That does that. I love anything that kind of makes you makes you feel like my mm. books are always ones that are quite sad. Like I absolutely <laughs> love Shuggy Bane, and I think it is all of that. It's something that just moves you, and obviously it went beautifully written as well. So I'll have to add open water to to my list. So we have got just over four weeks until the winners for each category um, of the costas are announced. 
So what book is next on your TBR list and why? So I think the next one on my TBR has to be The Manning Tree Witches by A.K. Blakemore. And that's on the first novel, debut novel list. And I love historical fiction so much. I can't believe I haven't read this one already, actually, because I've only heard amazing things about it. And I know Jade from Team Tandem absolutely loved it too. We actually ran a read-along for it a while ago, I think last year, maybe. And it's been sitting on my shelf for ages. And yeah, I think it's set uh, in the 1600s and it's about this small English community where people start getting accused of witchcraft essentially but it was one of those books where you know when you go into a bookshop and you go to buy it and then the bookseller is like oh this book is amazing that's always like my goal like it's for the bookseller to be like yes that book is incredible because then I know it's really good so yeah and that happened when I bought the Manning Tree Witches so I've been looking forward to reading it ever since and yeah I think I'm going to pick that one up next and slightly unfair question here as I know you haven't completed reading everything you know in in the shortlist yet but if you had to predict the winner for the Costa book of the year who would be your top pick? I think instinctively I want to say open water because I think that's been my favorite from the list so far just if we're talking about pure emotion (laughs) like that's my gut instinct but I could also see it going to The Fortune Men by Nadifa Muhammad because um, I've heard really great things about that one. And it's uh, it was shortlisted for the Booker too. So it's kind of done the rounds mm. in the literary prize. But, so I could definitely see it going to that one. But it is a very broad list. And, you know, having read The High House now, I would, you know, it could easily go to that as well. But yeah, it's hard to choose. But I think I would say Open Water because it's my favourite. <laughs> yeah. I often felt the shortlists are so, you know, the just such an extensive range of, of brilliant books it is hard to narrow it down and pick one as an overall winner isn't it but I honestly don't know how the judges choose that's the hardest job yeah <laughs> how do you choose yeah. <laughs> oh well Georgie thank you so much for joining me today it's been lovely chatting to you and yeah like I say I you always provide very trustworthy recommendations when it comes to books so I think one day I wouldn't be surprised if we we're at the that discussing the Georgie Bues book awards. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lucy. Thank you uh, for having me on. It's been great. <laughs> I'll speak to you soon, Georgie. Bye. Bye. So that was our episode on book awards and buying habits around them. Where do you guys all stand on that? I loved it. I don't usually read the awards. So I read the last Women's Prize shortlist, but don't typically read the costers. Is that for a reason, Jen, do you think? No, I think just because the Women's Prize had quite a few that I'd already read. So I was like, oh, I could just read all of these. And then it's a quick win. I can say I've read the whole shortlist. But because cost is such a big, I feel like even the shortlist is huge. Mm-hmm. It just feels like a massive attempt to try and get through them. Mm. I definitely find it overwhelming sometimes with the award long list and short list like you said the cost is really long so I have only read two sadly from the Costa I'll definitely be uh waiting for the winners to be announced and then go and find those it also made me like my conversation with Georgie made me think about what other kind of reading objectives for myself I want to set across the year not to formalize you know my like reading for pleasure too much but yeah it made me think about other you know kind of other areas of or things I'd like to do across the year because I think it's it's a good a good thing to kind of like work towards I think I don't read the awards and I think it's because I don't often see any of my absolutely favorite books represented in any of the categories and I think that might just be because I don't read a lot of literary fiction. Quite a lot of the fiction I read is crime thriller. 
but that does mean that I do occasionally check the CWA daggers because previous nominations there have been things like Ruth Ware, definitely within my kind of wheelhouse of favorite reading. But I love people that get super hyped about reading the awards as well. Like my friend, my friend Anna James, she is hardcore on the women's prize and she goes to find her local bookie and puts a bet down on it oh, which wow. I love wow <laughs> you could do that but what you just said Lex is actually interesting in itself I think because should the book awards just be literary fiction like so many people read crime thrillers so many people read kind of easy contemporary kind of the Beth O'Leary type of thing like what is it about the book awards that means we have to nominate something a bit more serious and that's such a good point Mm. But I loved Emma's response to it as well and how responsive she sounds like she is in Hungerford Bookshop and how into it she gets and how quickly she's able to get the books. I love that she just kind of really embraced it. Yeah, it was interesting to speak to Emma to hear about you know, her standpoint as a bookseller, because I think we're all approaching it from a a buyer's perspective. So hearing about, you know, trends or behaviours that she notices around the time of the awards as a bookseller was really interesting. Are you more inclined to buy a book if it's like won a book award? Especially if it's got an annoying sticker on the front, like, you know, like a permanent sticker. It's like, no, I'm not buying this now. You've ruined the cover for me. (laughs) Yeah, no, word, word of mouth from people whose judgment I value would always trump um like a, a an award winner for me and loose i would extend that to if certain authors have blurbed for other books mm. like i know that if claire mcintosh is blurbed for a certain book i'm probably going to like that one yeah. just because it fits mm-hmm. um so i'm not sure if that counts but i'll i would definitely read via those recommendations as well yeah, yeah. And Georgie Booz, I, I trust everything Georgie Booz recommends, which is why she was the guest on this episode. <laughs> this week's badly described book. A young woman that owes serious money to an older guy because she loves to spend money she doesn't have. And fashion means everything to her. As always, we're open to your feedback. So please do hit us up at Tandem Collective UK on Instagram or using the hashtag Tandem Collective Talks. If there's anyone, content creator-wise, industry superstars, or your favourite author that you think we should feature on the podcast, then let us know. Bye! Bye! See you later! Bye. <laughs>